Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spleichel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spleichel. Welcome to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spleichel. We are happy to welcome this week's guest to discuss today's topic, which is growing your e-commerce business through Facebook advertising. This week's guest is the author of The Power to Sell Anything, Create and Scale, a seven-plus-figure e-commerce business using Facebook and Instagram ads. He has been busy because he has spent every day over the last 10 years mastering Facebook. A big welcome to Constantinos, and here's the struggle... Dulgiardias. <laughs> okay, you, you did some nice effort. Uh, my last <laughs> name is Dulgiardias, but it's a typical Greek name, I guess, so it's difficult for you. It's okay. How are you doing, Constantinos? I'm doing very well. You know, Facebook uh, is always keeping us busy with all of the uh, latest things. Uh, it's ha- it has been a crazy year, crazy year. Well, let's start with this. Why do you believe that here in 2022, Facebook is the way to go when looking to sell your products online. Okay, so what have we seen the last year? The last year, we have seen a lot of people that they were frustrated with all the changes with Facebook and stuff. And I'm not going to go into details about all the things that changed, but everyone who is advertising and he's listening now, they actually know about these changes because they have seen all of their odds decreasing and stuff. So the truth is this, they have tried with Google, you know, they have tried with other uh, platforms to do it, but they are missing the scaling. This is why everybody wants to be on Facebook. And this is why everybody is trying to advertise on Facebook. For me, Andy, Facebook is a remarkable platform with many problems like in customer support and in several other areas. But it's an algorithm that I really trust and I really like because it's full of data and it's so sophisticated now that the problem of all of these people is that before the iOS changes, they were doing almost nothing and they were having sales. And now it's a bit more challenging understanding the algorithm and the changes. And this is why they are frustrated because it's not so easy anymore. But there is no scaling without Facebook. If you want to go into massive numbers and scale your business, it's the only way with such a massive appeal. And most probably I'm talking mostly about Instagram, not only Facebook, but you understand what I mean. The point here is that we need to understand two things, that nobody invited us to advertise on the platform. It's our choice. So we need to Mm -hmm. do everything that is possible for us to be able to advertise on Facebook because Facebook doesn't care. And the second thing is that we have a platform with such a sophisticated algorithm that is doing this, which is amazing. What? So let me tell you, it's actually selling stuff to people that they didn't know that they wanted them two seconds ago. It's crazy, right? Yeah, no, that's really the biggest difference right there between Facebook and Google is you, you're interrupting what people are doing and trying to sell exactly. stuff. So you had mentioned the iOS change. 
I guess today, what do you see as some of the biggest mistakes that people make advertising their products on Google? Um, yeah. yeah, on Facebook. <laughs> on Google, I don't know, but I can tell you about Facebook. So um, what happens with Facebook is that what I said earlier, nobody invited you on the platform. There are people that they have, for example, products that um, um, they are selling for, um, let's say, $10 and they have a profit of uh, $5, okay? And um, the thing here is this, that... These people don't understand that because their numbers as numbers don't make any sense for Facebook, maybe they make sense for retail business or for any other platform. It doesn't matter. But since nobody invited them on Facebook, they have to calibrate and they have to fix all of their numbers in order to work with Facebook. You cannot go in these days and advertise uh, products that they sell for $10 and you have a $5 profit margin, for example, just because you want to. You have to find other ways, increase your average order value, your cart value, so that you can have bigger orders and you mm-hmm. would, it would make sense for the advertisement cost to cover everything and your expenses and be profitable. So for me, the most important element here is that uh, they don't understand that the platform uh, has competition. And in order for you to sell, like everything in life, it's not so easy anymore like it used to be on 2016 that everybody was doing it and the CPMs uh, cost per thousand depressions were much lower. I'm talking about United States. And um, in that case, they are just stubborn businessmen that they just want to keep working with the same way that they were working 10 years ago or five years ago. Well, it's not possible. Things are changing and the competition is fierce. There are other people with genuine ideas, better average or value, whatever we may may that be, maybe better creatives. It's a such a visual platform. You cannot advertise anymore with stupid creatives or creatives that are not working or they are not um, actually good uh, eye-catching creatives or sharp uh, images or whatever. So for me, this is the biggest mistake that people think that, okay, I will go to Facebook and I will advertise and they don't put them the extra effort to understand the algorithm better or fix the numbers as a, as a business in order for them to be able to advertise to Facebook. So you keep saying that things have changed. When you say that, are you mainly meaning that it's a lot more competitive than it was five, six years ago? Or are you referring to other things? For sure. It's much more competitive in terms of how, how more sophisticated uh, the ads have became because Facebook is trying to fix problems, but they make it more difficult by adding new features or changing stuff on the platform. They make it more difficult for people that they are not familiar with these changes or they don't understand the, pl- uh, the algorithm. Then we have, you know, when, when a party is happening and everybody's having a nice time, more people are going to come because they are learning that it's a party that you're having a nice time. But when the club is full, then you are sweaty and uh, people are pushing you and you're not happy anymore. So this is happening also with Facebook. A lot of people joined the party and we had a situation that the competition has uh, uh, risen, risen, um, and um, we have the CPMs, which is how the platform is actually billing with impressions uh, rising. So let's say 10 years ago, we had um, the platform uh, operating with CPMs of $5, $10, and now it's operating with $20, $30 of CPMs, which means that all the advertisement cost has risen. This is why you need to have better average or value and all the things that they said earlier. I don't want to repeat myself. But still, this there are a lot of opportunities on Facebook if you understand that you have to be competitive at the end of the day. 
So what are some of the best indicators that a Facebook campaign is going to be successful? I mean, what are the important elements? I guess, I guess I'm asking, is it the images? Is it the text, the creative, or is it more of the setup? Of course, nobody can deny that this is a very visual platform. Okay. Um, It's a platform that the creatives are playing a major role, but we need to understand that Facebook is just in the middle. It's not, um, the platform that is going to decide if someone is going to buy or not. So if you have a bad landing page or a site which is not easy to navigate or you are having some things that are bad uh, in terms of uh, conversion rates and stuff and people, uh, are, it's not easy for them to actually convert and uh, become a sale out of the funnel. So all of these things are important for people to understand that, okay, Facebook is there to bring you the people but the people are converting within your site. So your site also has to be good. So let's talk about indicators and stuff. Of course, the images are very, uh, uh, and the videos uh, is something that it's helping you get all of this traffic and distraction, but there are metrics that we are watching and we're understanding if the quality is good and we are getting good uh, traffic. Two of them are the cost per unique click, how many uh, clicks we have uh, as a cost, uh, let's say that for United States, we consider something, of course, every business has different numbers, but if we need to throw a number, anything below uh, $2 or $1.5, it's fine. If we go to CTRs, which is click-through rate, the percentage of people that actually click, uh, if we go above 2 3%, it's fine. So if we have these indications and we see that our creatives are working, people are buying, uh, people are um, liking the creatives and they want to go to the site to see if they're going to buy. In that case, if we are not converting, that means that something is happening on the site. We are analyzing the situation and we say that, hey, our traffic here is good, but something is happening on the site. And there are a lot of times that there are a lot of businesses that they don't admit that. They just believe that the targeting is wrong. This is being stubborn and not understanding that this is data. You cannot deny the data. If the traffic is, and I'm not talking about traffic campaigns, okay? Because with traffic campaigns, you can get very cheap clicks, but it's not good quality. I'm talking about conversion campaigns, actually campaigns that you are looking for sales. If we go down that path and we have these numbers, nobody can deny that something is wrong on your funnel, on, on your site. And this is something that people need to see in order to, uh, you know, to fix it. Another thing uh, to say about that is this, we need to identify the users of Facebook in two categories. There are the people that are going to decide if they are going to buy something or not. Remember, you have two or three seconds to convince them, okay? So there is one category that says, okay, I like this. And they have made already their mind before even going to the site that they are going to buy or not. And this is a more rare case scenario. And there are the people that they say, hmm, this is interesting. Let's go to the site. Let's see what this company has, okay? Because they don't know you. They just want to go and see what are you doing. So in case number one, if your creatives are that strong, yes, people are going to forgive a lot of your mistakes in your funnel, a lot of your mistakes. I have done it several times. I, I'm seeing a product that I really like and I don't care if the site is bad. But if you have a product that people, you know, can find elsewhere or uh, it's just something but not something... Uh, super cool for them maybe for somebody else is super cool but we're talking about the majority if your problem is on the funnel and on the site then you have a big problem 
it's always good though to extinguish these two categories because if you have amazing creatives that are actually presenting your product very good you can go to category number one and people are going to forgive a lot of your mistakes into your landing funnel if you are uh, doing a very good job with your creatives no stop talking about creatives do you find for e-commerce companies specifically do static images work better or do videos okay so these are two different categories um the way that i do ads most of the times is with dynamic ads so basically you're tossing a lot of uh, creatives um like up to 10 uh, several uh, copies and several headlines and facebook is creating countless combinations out of those uh, in with that way you're skipping the testing phase and you're going immediately to sales while you are testing at the same time so in my opinion everybody should separate using images and using videos okay of course videos are always uh, most of the times very you know uh, super effective uh, but there are also images that they are very good. In my opinion, the biggest mistake is to actually use them together and let them compete with each other. Why? There's a technical reason for that. Facebook is considering the initial success, the initial, because later on the success is being considered by the sales, okay, and the return mm -hmm. on aspect. But the initial success is being uh, considered based on impressions. And guess what? One second of watching the video, it's, it's actually an engagement of the video. Okay, so this person that is watching as, as he's scrolling his feed and he's watching just an autoplay of a video, he's already uh, engaging with the video. On the other case, on the image, you need someone to click, like, or do an action with it in order for it to be considered an impression. This is not fair for the images then. You should not let them compete with videos. Put videos with videos and images with images. This doesn't mean that images are not selling. I have seen several images converting very well. And I have seen several videos not converting well, okay? Everything is a subject of test. All of these years, I have set up my ego on the side. And to be honest with you, at this point of my life, I'm not even criticizing creatives. I'm just testing them because mm -hmm. there are several mm -hmm. times that I was wrong. And I loved videos that they didn't work. People that are going to buy, they're going to decide what they like and what they don't. But if we talk in technical terms, don't blend them together because the images are never going to get enough chances when you put them uh, in Got the it. side with videos. Hey, what's up? Andy here. I have a quick question for you out there listening. How do you rate your Google Shopping results? If you are an e-commerce business driving traffic to your own website, Google Shopping remains the absolute number one way to drive profitable traffic. Unfortunately, I see a lot of mistakes with the fundamentals of Google Shopping. Whether a business uses a free Shopify app along with some Google automation, or perhaps turning over your Google Shopping to an agency but with limited oversight, or even trying to manage everything in-house without proper knowledge, I've seen about all the mistakes you can make. And that's why I've released Understand, Conquer, and Profit with Google Shopping mini course. And best of all, it's absolutely free. As a business owner, you don't necessarily have to manage Google Shopping yourself, but you do need to understand how it works. This video course will help you do just that. And best of all, it's free. To register, go to makeeachclickcountuniversity.com forward slash conquer and profit to sign up and start growing your business using Google Shopping or visit makeeachclickcountuniversity.com classes to see all the courses we currently offer. All right, back to the show. Now, are you only running conversion ads or are you using any other kind of Facebook ads? Okay, so 
yes, I can, I'm using also catalog ads for the targeting when we are having companies that they have big catalogs with several products, but I'm mm -hmm. running only conversion ads. I know that a lot of Facebook representatives are actually talking about um, having um, traffic campaigns and then retarget. I consider this, how am I going to express myself here? Uh, I, I consider this actually, I'm not going to say a fraud, but let's say that there are salesmen and they try to do the best that they can so that Facebook can make a lot of money. Um, so for me, the most important thing to understand here is this. When you're doing conversion campaigns, you are asking from a very sophisticated algorithm to give you sales. And then Facebook is working like this. It says, okay, Andy was a sale. Let's find similar people like Andy. And then Costadinos comes. And then it says, okay, let's find similar person like Costadinos and Andy. And this is how it optimizes. So when you're doing conversion ads, uh, you are helping the algorithm understand that this is what I want. Don't give me anything else. I just want this kind of results. If you're doing traffic ads, you are saying to Facebook that just send me people to the site. I don't care if they are going to convert. This is the message that the algorithm is getting. And guess what? There are a lot of people that they are uh, clumsy clickers uh, because they have uh, very big thumbs. Okay. There are a lot of people that they are just clicking and they never buy. Facebook knows very well these people. Do you mm -hmm. know how, Andy? Because all of these years is spying us. It knows very well if I'm a serious person when I'm clicking to an ad and if I'm going to buy because it's a game of statistics. If I'm clicking on ads and I'm buying 80% of the times, guess what? I'm going to be targeted with a conversion campaign. But if I am a person that I'm just a cheap traffic and I'm not buying, I'm going to be on traffic campaigns. So whoever is doing traffic campaigns is getting all the junk traffic that is not converting. And whoever is doing conversion campaigns is getting all the good traffic. And the philosophy that Facebook has that you're going to do traffic ads and then retarget them with a conversion campaign so that people can convert, it's totally wrong. Why? Because there is nobody there to convert. All of them is bad traffic. Nobody is there to convert. So I'm always doing conversion campaigns. I'm totally against of doing traffic campaigns and I have never done traffic campaigns unless if you have a blog. If you have a blog and you just want traffic for people to read, okay, mm -hmm. do it. No, that makes a lot of sense. Now, let me ask, Konstantinos, how did you get started running Facebook ads? Okay, so it was um, a personal thing of mine that I had my own e-commerce store. Uh, I was very naive uh, back in the days. I thought that uh, I could do dropshipping. Um, and uh, then I realized that it's not a sustainable model. And uh, I was actually trying to sell uh, Disney items at the start. I didn't even know anything about copywriting or whatever. And um, Disney is actually one of the companies that it's actually is going to hunt you down even for one sale. Uh, so it's it's crazy. But mm -hmm. um, I stopped this immediately. Does and then... the, uh, the long arm of the mouse reach to Greece? No. Thank God. <laughs> uh, thank God. No, 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 no. Don't even say that. I was even using the free, uh, free shipping model at that point. I was, uh, I was telling that get this item, just pay for shipping. You know, all these uh, old ideas about it. Mm -hmm. So the thing is that um, I started doing Facebook ads, and then uh, I started having a cooperation with someone in the United States because at that point it was very difficult for me as a Greek citizen to have uh, United States PayPal and stuff. Um, to get paid and have an e-commerce business. Uh, it wasn't that easy uh, at that point. Uh, now even Stripe is on Greece, which, which is something that happened one year ago. Imagine that. 
so it was very difficult for me to conduct business. So I found a partner and we started an e-commerce uh, store together, which was print on demand. And then we switched to uh, having our own stock, which is a store that I sold uh, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I realized immediately after two or three years of doing that, I still had my nine to five job uh, at that point. And I was just going to nine to five and then from five to five o'clock in the morning working uh, on my side projects. And again, the next day and stuff, it was painful. And um, I immediately realized that I have, I, I want to consider that I have a talent on Facebook ads. I could understand how the algorithm is working by testing and stuff and have my own philosophy about Facebook ads. And this is what I'm doing now. I'm trying to show to people my philosophy about Facebook ads because it's not about, hey, I'm doing Facebook ads, that's it. I, I'm very passionate about Facebook ads, I must say. It's a love-to-hate relationship uh, with, uh, with all the things that they are doing from time to time, but there are also a lot of things that they are doing which is helping a lot. So this is how I started. And then I also realized that being a freelancer is going to give me an access to several accounts. And I was fortunate enough to have very good results and work with very big, very, very, very big companies, um, even scaling accounts to 1 million per month in spend. Um, and yeah, that's my story. This is how I started. And I think that I'm going to do this for several years. So based on your philosophy, what is one piece of actionable advice that you could give to somebody thinking of starting to run ads using Facebook? Okay. So if we are talking about now, the things have changed a lot. Um, it's not that easy to initiate anymore to Facebook uh, because training your pixel, uh, it's actually much more difficult from what it used to be. Uh, Facebook recently removed a lot of interests also that we, are, we were able to use at the start of new accounts. For me, the most important is... Um, the way that I close my videos always on uh, YouTube is this, be creative and be consistent. So I believe in creativity when it comes uh, to creatives and stuff and also to creativity in terms of, hey, you're not going to copy someone else. Just try to find your own thing that is going to work. Try to be an entrepreneur, okay? Because a lot of times people think that because it's e-commerce, it's something that uh, it's just a hustle, you know, it's not a serious job. It is a very serious job, but it needs a lot of time and a lot of dedication to do e-commerce. I know I had more than 20 employees at some point, and it's difficult to actually be good at everything. You need to know a little bit of everything and be able to manage people. So when you're starting a business and you are doing this, you have to be creative with your creatives and stuff, um, and you have to be able to manage personnel for the things that you want to do, very good in organization. And the other thing, if we talk about Facebook as Facebook, be consistent, do ads, be prepared to lose some money at the start so that you can make later. Test, experiment with your funnel. Find find the way that is working for you in order to have conversions. Don't just expect to go in the first month and make money. If you have 5,000 on the bank and you want to go all in, don't do it. Have a capital. Save your capital because you are not going to be able to rebuild it and start doing Facebook ads in a way that is going to be efficient for you. You are going to start learning and you are also going to start seeing what is converting, what doesn't, what your what is your final problems and stuff. E-commerce is a marathon, okay? It's not a sprint. And you need to be there to actually see all the dif- difficulties that are going to come to your way and try to overcome them. So there are 
a lot of experts, you know, I'm using quotes around experts, but a lot of experts teaching how to run ads using Facebook. What makes your stuff different? Okay, so if someone goes to my YouTube channel and they start watching um, my videos, uh, first of all, they are going to realize that I'm showing uh, live accounts, okay, which is very crucial for me. I, I believe that you need to show live accounts so that people can see that what you're doing is working. The main reason for that is not for your credibility, is, is because you need to show that I'm showing you 20 strategies and maybe five of those are going to work for you. But if they don't work for you, it doesn't mean that they're not working. They're working in other accounts. This is why I show live accounts, which is actually a, a very difficult because we have to blur all personal information and stuff for my clients and stuff. Uh, so it's actually more work for us. But still, I think that we need to go down that path. Second thing is that I don't just do Facebook ads with what Facebook is saying. I'm testing. I have a network of friends and uh, associates that they're doing also Facebook ads, we have access to more than 120 ad accounts. We know what is working, in which period is working and why it's working. We are testing a lot and we are testing with smaller budgets and bigger budgets. And the last thing, I have a philosophy about Facebook ads. And I don't just blindly follow whatever I see. I just try to understand it in a technical level. The thing that I told you about videos and images, I was testing. I could understand that it, it was not okay because when you I was putting videos and images together, mm -hmm. uh, only the videos were working. But I didn't stay there to say to someone, don't put videos and images together just, just because, just because I tested it. Um, I found a way of understanding and explaining to people why it's not working, okay, in a technical level. Being super technical with Facebook ads, you know, sometimes uh, in religions, we try to say that it's impossible for us to understand the God, okay? We are just trying to explain it in with our human brains. The same thing is happening with Facebook. We cannot explain how this algorithm is working 100%, but we can find ways of justifying why it's doing this or that. So if a company is looking to hire an agency to run their ads, what do they need to be careful about? Yeah, so... A lot of agencies are reaching out to me. Uh, I'm working with none of them. I will tell you the main reason. The main reason for me is the lack of communication. Most of the times when you're hiring a, an agency to work with you and you're not working directly with a freelancer, uh, it's a problematic situation. Why? Because for the past, not 10 years, but let's say five years, I haven't taken a single day off. I might work from a beach in the Caribbean Sea and do my optimization, but every day I'm there and I'm looking on the ads and I'm optimizing. You cannot take a day off when you're doing, doing nothing, you know, when you're doing Facebook ads and you're spending a lot of money. With the agencies, the problem is the lack of communication between uh, the client and the freelancer who is actually doing the ads. And when you are having a very good communication with your client, you can fix things. Uh, you have to be available to answer and stuff. And this is, for me, the biggest problem with agencies. Also, another thing is that they just want to scale and they don't care about the success of their clients. They just want to take uh, accounts, 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 whatever is working is going to stay, whatever it doesn't is going to leave. So they're not actually solving problems. They're just trying to find easy solutions for something to work. Let's say they just want to have a difficult, uh, an easy account so that they can pile them up and they can actually scale. And the last thing is that in an agency, you might have one good person that is doing uh, the ads, another person who is not so good and stuff. So you might find 
in discrepancies in terms of performance from account mm -hmm. to account. Now, Amazon's quite popular. I'm curious, are you running ads for your clients to their products on Amazon at all? Or generally, are you running ads going to a client's own website? Okay. So in general, we not we prefer, we advise all of our clients to run, if you're serious about Facebook ads, and I will tell you why, to run um, only to their site wherever we can actually track what is happening. Inside the Amazon platform, you cannot track what are the sales. And um, the problem is not that, let's say, for example, okay, don't track it, but if it's going to work, you're going to have sales, fine. Okay, if you want to do it like this, do it, but... Facebook is working with optimizing the way that I told you. It's finding one person, then another person, then another person. So if there is no feed uh, back uh, from um, the place that the sales are happening in order for Facebook to know who converted and find similar people, then there is no optimization. It's actually doing ads and not caring what the outcome is going to be. It, it's, not, it's not even conversion ad at this point. It's actually a branding ad, if we, may, if we say it like this, because you're just doing branding so that people can buy in the long term. Mm -hmm. uh, if you do it for branding purposes, okay. If you just want to fuel some traffic so that you can have some data, uh, which is going to help you with uh, your Amazon sales in the future, okay. But if you want to do it sustainable for many years, you cannot do it without having back tracking data uh, to Facebook. And this is never going to happen, by the way, because Amazon has its own marketplace. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned the iOS change that, that happened a while can, ago. Can I say something before that? Just one thing. Sure. Although I consider Amazon one of the best ways for some people to make money compared to print on demand, compared to uh, dropshipping or other mm -hmm. forms. Amazon FBA, uh, I have met, and this is how I measure it. I have met some successful dropshippers, but still, still they didn't have a sustainable business for long. I have met more print-on-demand successful people uh, which had some sustainable businesses, but later on, if they wanted to scale, they did um, their own, uh, actually, manufacturing of clothes or whatever they did. Mm -hmm. And I have met a lot of people that they are successful for many, many years on Amazon. This is my feedback after meeting so many people and so many accounts. But just not for Facebook ads? Not through Facebook ads, yeah. They're doing other stuff and they are successful. And... Do you know how I meet them? They come and they say that, uh, okay, I have sales on Amazon, but I want to build my own store so that I can have sales also there. And most of the times uh, it's not working because Amazon, it's um, the platform that is giving them sales and their product is not supposed to sell on Facebook because it's an ordinary product or whatever, or people can still find it on Amazon. It's famous there. So this is the situation. So you would recommend not only just sending ads to your own website, but not having your products on Amazon? Is that what I'm hearing? If you want to run it, Facebook it, ads. It, it, if you want to run Facebook ads, I wouldn't suggest someone to, have, uh, to send traffic to Amazon. But if someone wants to uh, have both, it's fine. Okay. okay. But it's going to be two separate funnels, okay? That they're going sure. to be identified as separate and they are going to be criticized as separate. Sure. Now let's uh, back to Facebook. If you had a crystal ball, where do you see Facebook advertising heading in the next 12 to 18 months? Okay. So every market has its own rules. And after some point, we can see that the markets tend to have a new 
balance. This is what is going to happen also with Facebook. All the people who cannot afford advertising anymore with Facebook, they're just going to leave. And all the people that they have been creative, consistent, as I say, and they have done all the things that they could do, or if they are very old uh, advertisers on Facebook and their pixels are strong enough to do broad targeting and other things, um, these are going to stay. That means that we're going to have a new balance, which is actually going to be um, a new balance of people that they are actually going to be able to afford uh, advertising on Facebook. And this is the point that we will be able to criticize and see what are the new CPMs and if new companies and what kind of numbers new companies need in order to initiate on Facebook. I don't see Facebook or, or Instagram closing or something happening to them. They're a massive platform with several billions, if not trillions behind them to actually close and uh, stop. Uh, because I hear a lot of things about TikTok overruling uh, Facebook and stuff, it's not going to happen. The thing here is that we, we are going to have a new balance and a lot of whining in the process, Andy, from people that are just not going to be satisfied anymore with Facebook because they haven't done anything to adapt to the new reality. But, you know, this is part of the game. It happens all the time. And COVID was also a period that a lot of people didn't adjust and uh, we have a new reset on the market. Now. This is one of my favorite questions that I ask every guest, but personally, Constantinos, are there any business books out there that you can attribute to your journey as an entrepreneur? Mine. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, so as an entrepreneur books, um, I think um, as a mindset, you know, one of the best books that I've read is Rich Dad, Poor Dad from Robert Kiyosaki. Mm -hmm. uh, and he has also some other books that I like. I find them a little bit uh, repeating inside, but still there are things that people that they are becoming successful or they are successful already, they can relate to and they can understand. Um, another, um, if we are talking about Facebook ads, to be honest with you, I wrote my book for this reason because I couldn't find any book with any extra information, you know, something to tweak your brain. Uh, something to bring you something fresh. And it might sound a little bit strange, but I think that a lot of times the books that are being created for the social media platforms, they are not sophisticated in a way of showing a philosophy, but in a way that they are trying to get clients. And uh, when we're talking about entrepreneurship books, I can tell you that there are a lot of books out there. I just mentioned Robert Kiyosaki because this is the one that I like. Maybe, maybe because it's one of the first entrepreneur books that I actually read. Uh, to and you know, it has a special place in my heart. But uh, yeah, uh, that's my answer. Let's uh, let's talk about your book. You might be facing maybe some of the same issues that I have with my books okay. on Google, which is you know, it's hard to keep them up to date. And actually, I just had to, to republish the first one here because everything yeah. changed so much. How are you addressing that issue with your book? Okay, so in my book, I'm talking about my YouTube channel. The best way to keep someone super updated for me is YouTube. And this is why I do all of these videos. Um, I'm even going to try to make them four per week uh, if I can, but it's impossible right now because... We are taking care of um, having good audio, good video, good content and, and all of that and good quality. So it's taking more time. Uh, but as, as the book, um, but for the book, what am I doing is that 
I'm doing for the super technical parts that they are changing some changes and republishes from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to do my first one now with the things that changed. And I'm encouraging people and I'm also saying to people in my book that, look, I'm showing more of a philosophy and some strategies that may work or may not work right now. But if you want to be super, super updated, you cannot be expect, expect to be super updated with the book. You have to come to my YouTube channel. Okay, because Got both it. of them are free. My book is uh, free on Kindle Unlimited, and my uh, YouTube channel is always uh, free content. I'm I'm not hiding anything, by the way. I'm I'm going all in to my videos, um, not holding anything. So if you want to be super updated, YouTube. If you want to learn about the philosophy and how uh, we run ads and understanding more the algorithm, it's a book which I'm trying to update from time to time. Uh, you know, just for the people that are going to be super strict and they want you to uh, have it super updated always. Who is the perfect client for working directly with you? So always as marketeers, we like to work with bigger accounts. Okay. Uh, Bigger accounts means that it has data. uh, You can scale it. It has potential. Uh, But I'm also onboarding companies that I believe in them that they can do well. If I see any fresh ideas or anything, I'm also taking these companies, even if they are startups. Uh, but the best ideal client is a client that is already having some success and he's having problems scaling. Okay, He doesn't found a way of scaling because he's listening to Facebook representatives or he had bad experiences with agencies. As long as he's open to a new cooperation and he wants to embrace what I'm telling and what I'm doing, I'm going to show him, of course, live accounts just for the credibility to see that whatever I'm talking is working. I'm not just a crazy guy because a lot of my strategies are a little bit unconventional. And as long, and I'm also a person that is explaining everything. I, I'm not saying we're going to do this just because I want to. I'm explaining why we're doing everything in a technical level. These are the type of clients that I want. Clients that they have already run ads, they have some uh, data, they have some success, they have found their best sellers, which is very important for a store because in a store, uh, not 100% of the sales is coming from um, all of your products. 80% of the sales or 90% of the sales is coming from your bestseller, which is something that you are focusing more on your Facebook ads, having a good funnel working, um, being being a little bit uh, familiar with the platform so that we can have these interesting conversations. The way that I approach the clients in general is this. I believe that I'm not the person that is going to be able to sell their product better than them. It's their babies, okay? They know how to sell their product better than me but they are lacking the technical experience. So for me, a cooperation of my technical experience and their sense of branding and the way that they know how to sell their product, if they are already successful with it, it's what it can make, you know, miracles. How does your fee structure work? Are you taking a percentage of spend? Is it a monthly retainer that's a flat monthly retainer? How, how does that work? Most of the times it's a monthly retainer based on the ad spend. Um, and uh, in, in several cases with big accounts, I'm doing a, a revenue sharing thing, uh, maybe let's say 10% of the spend, as long as we meet uh, specific criteria like uh, two rows, three rows, four rows, uh, whatever the number of the business can be. But also there has to be numbers that we can actually achieve. Uh, so big, big budgets, big accounts, um, revenue sharing percentage of the amount spent, 
and uh, in uh, smaller accounts, I'm working with um, flat uh, fixed fee. And how can an interested listener learn more about working with you or your books or your courses? Okay, so the best way to actually see my content and everything is uh, on YouTube. Um, the YouTube is actually my name, okay? Kostadinos Ulgeridis. It's my name. They can, I know that most of the people will not be able to spell it right from, from me saying it, but they can see it on the title of the podcast, I guess. And uh, you, you will put a link. Um, so this is the best way. My book is on Amazon, but if someone comes to my YouTube channel, they will be able to see links for everything, for all of my social uh, media, for my free course that I have so that people can start doing Facebook ads, uh, for uh, everything is there on the description of each of my video. Well, this has been great. Is there anything else you would like to add before we wrap it up today? Uh, no, I feel uh, it was a great conversation and we have touched a lot of uh, difficult topics about uh, Facebook. Uh, I think that whoever wants to learn more uh, about Facebook as they can visit my YouTube channel, everything is there, several videos to take ideas and stuff. And whoever is interested and he's having um, a budget and a business and another account working and stuff, they can always reach me. I'm always open to uh, a new uh, cooperation. This has been great. Well, thank you for joining us once again, Konstantinos. Thank you, Adi. It has been a pleasure. For listeners, remember, if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us an honest review. And if you're looking for more information regarding Konstantinos or his book or his course or his YouTube channel, you'll find the links in the show notes below. In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business, check out our all-new podcast resource center available at www.makeeachclickcount.com. We have compiled all of our different past guests by show topic and included each of their contact information in case you would like more information on any of the services I have discussed during previous episodes. Well, that's it for today. Remember to stay safe, keep healthy, and happy marketing. And I will talk to you in the next episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast. The ones that want to discover how to do it faster, invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing.